You're listening to the Burst Ball Podcast. Burst Ball, talking up the Scottish game. Hello, you're listening to the Boss Boss Scottish Football Podcast with me, your host, Hamish Carton. Lots and lots for us to get our teeth stuck into today on the podcast. Loads of good action at the weekend. And joining me, we have a panel buoyant. I think for the first time, all of our teams won at the weekend, all by a single goal, I believe, as well. We have the Rangers supporting man, Callum Fisher, the man from Paisley, Ross Clark, whose team also won for about the second time this season, and the Falkirk Bairn. Connor Park, a Connor Park who is fresh from his appearance on Off the Ball on Saturday. Connor, give us your thoughts on that one. You've you've made it, big man. I was delighted. I, I was sitting. I, didn't, I wasn't listening to it live, and then uh, I heard the the, the text sound coming in, and I, I was I was very pleased. You know, what do you think of Falkirk, Connor Park? I, 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 that does it for me. I've made it. When are you leaving us? Then is this your final podcast before you depart, depart off to the BBC buildings? Well. I don't know. No, no, no. <laughs> terrific, terrific <laughs> chat with Connor Park. Aye, <laughs> we'll more of that later on, of course. We just want to start, boys. Got to be Aberdeen. Well, that, that Aberdeen Dingle. result that nobody apart from the Bus Ball podcast saw coming on Friday. Well, to be fair, we were kind of splitting it, weren't we? Mm, I think take Fisher a bit. were kind of heading towards. I was saying draw, I believe. Aye, you sat in the fence. Lewis was definitely Aberdeen. Yeah, I was definitely counting. Take a bit of credit for yourself, I'm Ross. Gonna, I'm going to. You saw that one coming? I did. Um, I think <clears throat> County, I don't know why, I know they'd, they'd been beaten, obviously, by Inverness uh, a couple of weeks ago before the international break, and it seems to have kind of urged them on a wee bit. Um, I think they're, they're playing Aberdeen at a good time, obviously, um, having been in a, a poor run themselves, and after that terrible defeat to St. Johnson before the international break, so um, it kind of played into McIntyre's hands, I think, in that respect, but Credit to to County, they went out and got the result, and it was of course a man scoring the goals, Graham, who who we'd basically been focusing all our attention on Liam Boyce, and um, it's another guy that's popped up with the goals this time. Yeah, I mean Liam Boyce missed, I think, about yeah. four or five setters. I mean that the one that sticks out for me is that one late on. Mm. That would have been goal of the season if that one had gone. That was like from one end of the park to the other. Terrific counter attack while Aberdeen were. Pushing up the park. Was that just after McGinn had hit the post? Am I right in saying that later yeah, on? Yeah, yeah, I think it was. It was yeah. a counter kind of uh, after that. Um, Ross County, though, I mean, we talk them up almost every week, it seems, but it seems as if they've still yet to properly find their level. I mean, they're third in the league. How far could this team go, Connor? I think what they've shown is, is that they can go the distance. It's a good point you make there that the other team, and I think it was a point I was going to make with, well, with Liam Boyce. As Ross said, we're all talking about him, but it shows you what a strong team they've got, that when he's having an off day, they can still go and beat the team that were sitting top of the table at the start of the game rather comfortably. I think the first half, they were very strong and and played really, really well. Aberdeen maybe come back in a wee bit in the second half, um, but the big thing was the second goal. They got it at the perfect time to kill it, I think just four minutes into the second half, and 
it's credit to, to what they're building up there. Um, it, it's been built by, obviously, a lot of work, and, and it started probably in the, way down in the Championship, um, and they've continued to progress, and that's the big thing about teams when they go up. They've not stagnated, they've not settled for the level, they're striving for bigger and better, um, and it's credit to them, and, and massive credit to Jim McIntyre, who I, I spoke up quite highly on, on Friday. A result like that only keeps his stock rising. And you just wonder... As see come January, February, if he's still got them sitting up there and a, an English team loses a manager, mm. could there be moves? Because certainly he's shown that his uh, knowledge of the game is very good and even signing-wise, it seems very, very sound. Of course, yeah. you saw it with Alec Neil getting the move as well, so I think that's something you could look at. It's you know I'm not saying he's going to go down to the Premier League, but you saw Alec Neil do it, which was seemed a bit bizarre at the time. But obviously, it would seem very strange um, given a club the size of of County. But you can't rule that possibility out, you know. So I think I think certainly if McIntyre keeps going as the way he has, and Billy Dodds has obviously done a good job there as well. Um, time will tell, I suppose. Yeah, the Staggies certainly not stagnant this season. They've been excellent. Oh uh, yeah, more of that to come. <coughs> In terms of the Aberdeen performance, Callum, it seems as if the team that we were tipping for possibly the best defensive record in the league a couple of weeks ago has just fallen to pieces. I mean, some of the defending for those for those county goals and even the, the chances that, that Boyce and, and likes missed were, was appalling. It was schoolboy defending. Uh, you've kind of taken the words out of my mouth there. You know, the, Defensively, they were just so poor. I was watching it on Friday night um, with a couple of boys actually that have been on the podcast um, in the past and we were just astounded at how poor they were defensively. Ross County... Just it seems so easy for Ross County to get in behind, the, especially the, the two centre halves. Um, it's just it's very bizarre how how quickly it's all seemed to gone to to have gone very wrong for Aberdeen at the moment. Where has it gone wrong, guys? Uh, I heard Hugh Keevans. Uh, I think that was the first time I've actually agreed with Hugh Keevans. Oh, we can't saying, have that not in this podcast. Saying, no. um, saying basically saying that he thinks something's went on behind the scenes. And I can't help but feel that could be true because, I mean, it is quite strange to go from all of a sudden to go from such a brilliant winning run to such a string of defeats. You know, there's been no middle ground and you don't go from players putting in brilliant performances to suddenly putting in poor performances. If you compare this to the team team that beat Hearts, you know, that's just a completely different... I was just going to make that point. I mean, you couldn't see... The best way to sort of see how far... Backwards they might have gone is could you see this Aberdeen Aberdeen team going to Tynecastle and dominating Hearts like they did? Absolutely not. Um, and I think that's the good measure of how far they've fallen in such a short period of time. You know, if they were to play Celtic and Hearts in the next couple of weeks, I'm really not confident that you know they would stand any any chance really uh, the way they're playing at the moment. They've got Celtic coming up in a couple of weeks as well. So mm. from a Celtic team that's just hitting form a little bit. As yeah, well. I'd, I'd fear for Aberdeen a wee bit there. But then again, I think it's a wee bit. Remiss of us to write Aberdeen off, Connor, because I mean they do have, still have those players that, let's be serious, a month ago we were talking about as possible title winners. Definitely, I mean, I think when we, we first analysed and hit the top of the league, I said that for Aberdeen to stay up there and then challenge towards the end of the season, consistency is the key. And they've not got that, um, or they've not shown to have that so far in the last kind of month or so. If they're able to pick back up results, I mean, who knows? Because 
Celtic have shown that they can take dips and you never know coming off a, a Europa League maybe match night maybe they will slip up and so Aberdeen taking these chances really they need to stick in there they need to get back to winning ways and they need to start hitting that sort of same form where they are just comfortably getting over the teams below them because if they do that they'll, they will remain um, within touching distance for, for at least the next wee while um, and then after that the big difference for Celtic would be is if they could manage to get ahead of them and their matches are head to head. Aberdeen just need to beat the, get back to beating the rest. If they can do that, then who knows? It'd be stupid to write them off this early, but certainly the signs aren't of champions within the past few weeks anyway. Yeah, certainly. I think that as much as I'd I'd love to see Aberdeen, you know, go and win the league. Um, I think you know if you if you are going to challenge for the title, you you can't be getting beat five one at home to St Johnson. You can't. You've got to be going to county and getting a result. I know it's a tough place to go, but you you would probably see Celtic getting a result there. You'd see Celtic getting. You know they did beat St Johnson at home, so I think I think it's going to be really tough for Aberdeen to get himself back up front now. But I mean they've they've shown that they do have quality on their side, so who knows? Um, but I do fear for them a wee bit. Yep. Well, the team that currently now occupies the top position in the Scottish Premiership as Celtic a 1-0 win for the current champions at Fir Park to kick off the weekend's action a game that's probably going to be remembered more for the controversies surrounding referee Alan Muir uh, in the second half the two penalties that uh, that he didn't give Celtic um, what were your thoughts it's not really thoughts is it because I mean, they both were penalties Connor, I mean, you're not surely going to say anything like that. There weren't penalties or something. <laughs> no, I'm not. Don't worry. Um, I think it's a strange one for me because the game, in many ways, passed me by, um, and for me, it just was kind of like, and I suppose this is almost a good thing for Celtic. I just couldn't. Oh, it's Celtic's one-one now. That's, and I think that's kind of the sign of what uh, almost like champions in comparison to Aberdeen. You know, there was no real shocks. They got the win. Um, and in terms of penalty decisions, yes, there were penalties. Um, but it's now getting back to this stage, and this will please Ronnie Dyler the most. That it's getting back to that consistency and that normality that Celtic do go to places like Fir Park, do go on the road and, and just pick up the points. And that, that's what essentially they need to do want to win the league. Um, and if they want to make sure that they kind of steam ahead of Aberdeen, no real surprises for me. But there was always a chance with Motherwell with the new manager. We bounce off of that. Who knows? They handled it well, and they got the win. We'll come on to Celtic in a minute. But you mentioned Motherwell there. In terms of Mark McGee's first match at the club, they didn't get much of a bounce, did they? Well, I don't think he helped himself in the off. I mean, not starting Scott McDonald and Keith Lasley. I think though, no, when, when a new manager comes into a club at Motherwell and you're playing the champions, the best team in that league, if you like, I think it's the the go-to tactic, tactical style, if you like, is to make it tight. You might have to sacrifice one or two players just because you might not want some sort of directness. I know what you're saying. About but you've, you'd want Keith Lasley in that team. You know, he's, yeah. a, he's a leader. He'd keep that, the midfield tight. Well, even if you are going to stagnate... Kind of Celtic and, and, and hold him in. You want him in there. Mm-hmm. I think maybe for me, and I, I'm I maybe overrating the boy. Uh, I don't think Ainsworth started either. No, he didn't. Which, if you are looking to contain a side, you, you want, want someone with pace yeah. to, to, to get in. Where's Where's Fletcher? 
I mean, obviously he scored in the first day of the season, but, yeah. but he's not started since, or he's not starting some like eight games or something. Uh, so I mean, I I don't know what would that Scott w- McDonald's done. But maybe but it's just a message from McGee saying that there's play. Obviously, you've said Wes Fletcher's not started since the start of the season. That maybe he's he's looking to give other players a chance, and maybe players he feels as though McDonald and, and Lasley haven't performed. Aye, but he moved. That he's he moved. To send uh, a message. He moved Louis Lang into midfield as well, which I thought was quite strange too. Yeah, the, I saw the the formation before the game. I thought it was a bit strange. It was almost a three-five-two. Motherwell yeah. were playing, and it was. I don't know. I don't know if that was to try and overpower Celtic in the midfield. It certainly didn't work because no. I mean Celtic. I knew from the first couple of minutes the way Celtic were passing that ball around that they were going to going to win that comfortable. Well, I'm sorry, they only won one 0 but it's going to be a pretty comfortable one 0 win. Um, Celtic is very similar to a lot of the games they played this season in the second half. They did very little um, in that second period. They didn't feel as if they needed to. It was almost just kind of make sure we don't do anything silly at the back and we've won the game. Uh, Which is always a worry with Effie Ambrose back there. Yeah, I thought, well... He did the, well. He played all right. Yeah, he was um, the the well, the middle two of uh, uh, Boyata and, and Blackett. I thought were very good. Tyler Blackett, especially impressive, I thought. I thought Azagiri had one of his, his better games, especially in the first half. Good to see player like Stuart Armstrong uh, playing well. He linked up quite well as a Gary on that left wing in the first half. I thought Tom Rogic had one of his poorer games, but he still did brilliant things. Like it was a wee bit of skill he did where he nutmegged a boy and kind of took it past another guy and then played a poor pass. So I don't know quite what was up with his final ball, but he still you can see his quality there. And of course, the big player from that game, Nadir Chiefchi, getting his, his first goal on the road uh, for Celtic's second goal, but his first real important one. And... Um, that can only give give him a bit of confidence. I think um, I'm interested to get your opinions in terms of Dyla leaving out Lee Griffiths and James Forrest and also Mackay Stevens from the match. Mackay Stevens came on, but do you think he was maybe trying to rest some legs ahead of Thursday night's game in, in Norway? Well, it'll be interesting to see because I think that I don't know if you certainly saw whether they'll go with... Chiefchi or Griffiths remains to be seen. It depends how he approaches this game on Thursday night, which is a different topic. But I think um, I think it'll be could, Griffiths personally. Yeah, to be. yeah, because Chiefchi had his chance in the European stage and didn't didn't do it. Um, so I think that Forrest was Forrest carrying a wee knock. Ma, imagine that. I don't think he was. No. Anyway, um, games perhaps. I I possibly that as well. Coming off you know playing two matches so. I think uh, it's just interesting. I don't. Chief G has not exactly set the header alight since he's joined, and I didn't. I honestly, I watched the game and I didn't think he was great. Did um, you not? No, I didn't think he was. Exactly I thought great. I thought he was really impressed in the first half. I thought he had a lot of nice wee knockdowns. He had one for Chris Commons at Commons put wide, and another one for Scott Brown that Brown kind of curled over. I thought um, I thought he was much much more like the Chief G that uh, the Celtic fans all come to expect since he signed for the club. But I. I think he's. I know he is still spearheading that three like he did at Dundee United, but I think he's got much more responsibility at Celtic up top himself than he did at Dundee United. I don't know why I'm thinking that, but I just think that it's almost the. with When he had Mackay Stephen and Armstrong with him, he was kind of playing like. He was spearheading that, but now he's got players of. Just as good, if not better, ability around him, so he's he's got less pressure on him. So I think it's almost like he's not trying as hard with Celtic, and I don't know if that's working or not. Probably not, but 
I just think that I, I still think Griffiths is a better player um, by by a decent margin. Completely different style of player, but I think he's he's a better player, and I think he's a player that should play on Thursday night. I think. Well, there's. I agree with Ross in, in terms of Griffiths. I think with Chief J, I mean, it has to be. I mean, he knows he's still got work to do to endear himself to the Celtic fans, and, and scoring the winner on Saturday will, will do that no harm. In terms of his position, I get what you're saying. He is still playing in that kind of spearhead, but you're talking about um, kind of like knockdowns and all that sort of stuff. Yes, he did that to an extent at United, but I always felt it was more. And maybe I, 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 I'm interpreting him wrong. I didn't see him that much, but I always thought of him a wee bit more flair. Um, and I found him a very direct player mm. at Dundee United. I thought, you know, he was somebody that would run. Maybe not the most pace, but he would get in about and he'd run. Whereas, probably with the three cannon behind him, Dyla, all that Dyla wants him to do is bring the ball in, play it, and then move himself to try and get in dangerous positions. Whereas, he probably had to, and, and this is where you're right in a sense, that Ross, that he had to probably do more work at Dundee United. Um, whereas it'll be put more on a plate for him here but it's up to him to take those chances and get in the position. Well, that's normally the way you see the striker in a three work mm-hmm. is get the ball, move it to, to the players either behind him or outside of him and then try and find space and you know in, in the box to so I mean he's working in a kind of slightly different system and has to do different things so I don't think it's really uh, It surprise. takes time, I mean yeah, any player he's, he's not exactly had the most consistent run in the team um, I think with Griffiths there as well, that's probably pressure because he knows not just well Lee Griffiths is a talent, but Lee Griffiths is generally, I would say, fairly popular um, among Celtic fans because he scores goals. And yeah, so he knows that, and it's slightly unfair again. If Dyla was to start uh, a Chief G at home and we get to sixty minutes and he's not really done much, the fans would immediately be crying out for Griffiths. Whereas on the other hand, if Griffiths really hadn't done much for the first 60 minutes, the fans wouldn't be crying out for Chief G because yeah. they think Griffiths can still turn this game on his head because he's got that wee bit more about him to actually do that to a game. And that's maybe what he's up against as well, slightly. I think it comes down to Griffiths' style of play, his pace. You know, it's, it's something... Chief G does have a wee bit of pace, but he's not He's not that kind of... As you say, he's, Griffiths is always the player Chief G was at the United. Because I mean, really in your face. Ball as well. You know what I mean? He's really in your face, Griffiths, and he's a player who'll chase everything down. Chifchi, as you say, is the the lone striker, if you like. Do you know what I mean? Now, um, so I I do I do think Griffiths is is a better player, in my own personal opinion, and Chifchi's got a, got a bit of proving himself to do. So another one for Celtic moves the. Glasgow side back to the top of the league. Hearts are in third position. That's courtesy of a win at the weekend. Yesterday, in fact, at Tannadice. Hearts' first win, I think, in what four or five league games. Mm-hmm. I think they won their first five, then lost the next five, and then they've beaten Dundee United, though. Terrific victory for them. Juanma with the goal, and he appeared to be the, the standout performer. Yeah, I think I think Big Mixu's got a job in his hands there. Um they're just too nice, Dundee United. I don't. They've not got anything. There's nothing in that side that makes you think they shouldn't be at the bottom of the table. Because I think watching that game yesterday, I thought they were really poor. Just nothing. Um, the only thing I would say, I actually thought the boy Aaron Cole 
Cool, cool. Yeah, had cool. a good game. Yeah, actually, it was a decent player on loan from Reading. Yes. Yeah, uh, I was watching the highlights and I thought it was kind of strange. I was like, "Who's this boy? I've never seen him before." He's kind of get the long hair, doesn't uh, he? And um, he did actually good. Looks like he's got a decent delivery on him. Um, but I know what you mean, though. You look at that that front front five, and you've got Spittle, Fraser, Rankin, and then the two that played up top. You've got um, Mackay and also Darko Badul up mm. top as well. There's not really, as you say, a a nasty player in no. there. Maybe John Rankin to Even a the back extent. as well. Yeah, yeah, well, I mean, I, th- I think Durnan looked as if looked as if Osmond so just ran Durnan mm. uh, wild during the, that game. The other thing was the atmosphere was terrible. You know, I was mm. thinking English people watching this must be thinking this is absolutely dire. That was yeah. one of my thoughts. I mean, I only listened to it on the radio, um, but like it did sound very, very flat. And obviously, I thought I might just explain how it was coming across, but it was. It was just. It wasn't. It wasn't a great game. Yeah, um, I mean it was a penalty. Juan um, Ma took it well; it was a good finish. But other than that, just nothing really to report. Um, In terms of the Blair Spittle red card, do we think do we think that was two fair yellows? That's the first question I want to ask, and then I'll come back with another one. The first one, but the second one was a yellow. We know that. But second one was the first, first one, one challenging. So I think it might actually have been the fourth official because if you see right. it, there's a there's a kind of there's a a gap almost. Pat Lennon was applauding him as if it was a good challenge. I, I didn't see that. I saw Nielsen claiming for it. Right. Um, and Kevin Clancy then gave it. So I think it may have been the fourth official who had a better view of it, obviously, because it was facing him. Um, but I thought it, I thought he did catch the boy. And he was also a wee bit lucky not to have got booked for the for the foul leading penalty. up to the penalty. That, that was my second question, is it? In fact, that... He did maybe two out of the yeah. three were worth and yellow, so he probably did get his his reward in the end yeah. in terms of being sent off, getting and what he deserved. And when you see when you see Spittle's reaction to the second booking, he knows, you know, it's a, I don't know if any of you saw it, but it's a bit like the Dwight Gale one at the weekend. He his his head in his hands and his shirt over the head, so he knew mm. that he would made a mistake, and it was just needless because the game's almost finished, and you've now got a player banned for the next match. Well, exactly. I don't know, maybe. They'll have Aidan Conley or someone like that back for the next game. But I mean, but, I mean, he came on, didn't he show anything as well, you know? I think the point was made in sports scene that was very little width in the Dundee United yeah, team, Callum. It looked as if it was it was all down the middle. And I mean, Hearts, I mean, you, you look well, at the likes of Augustine and the boy, uh, was it Rossi Banco that played at the back? Uh, and they just uh, looked to... Well, I always think Rossi. the way they lined up, the formation, it was a sort of diamond in midfield. The, it looked like the diamond, AC Milan diamond, if you like... Um, I don't want to commonly associate with that AC Milan team anyway in my own head but yeah I, I never think that formation lends itself to a team that's wanting to, to utilise Wid well and I mean the players they had in there as well sp- spittle apart wasn't really going to uh, give them that much that much Wid so it's not really surprising um, t- to hear that really How, how do, do we see Pataline and turning it round then at Dundee United? I mean, I, I suppose not a lot's changed since we had a conversation last week. But did talking about what we said about Motherwell earlier, maybe getting a reaction? Did we maybe not see enough of a reaction from Dundee United either? I think it will take a lot of time. I think it will come good eventually, but only once he gets his hands on the team properly. Um, the next couple of weeks will be tough again for him. Um, I think Celtic and Ross County the next two games, so that's not going to be uh, straight, start straightforward at all. That's a difficult start as you could have asked for, really. Uh, pretty much, and, and the problem that he's got is, no matter who the opposition are, 
the fans, three games and, and you've not got a win, that can that never puts you off on a good good footing, shall we say. Um but he needs to just go in there and I mean to be honest and I don't mean this in, in a bad way, but I don't think Mixu Patlinen's the kind of character that would bother too much about what people on the outside are saying. Um mm. I think he'll just get on with the job himself and at the end of the day, the way it's looking just now, especially with part of this or one again at the weekend, if we can keep them out of relegation danger, maybe pick them up to maybe eighth or something, we bit clear, that's probably going to be reasonably a successful job. Um, I think Saturday was the one that you might be hoping your first home game, front of the fans, kind of endear yourself even more to them, but it wasn't to be, and all it does is it shows them quite clearly the areas he's got to work on. I think you were saying Hamish was in the same situation as last week, but as Connor touched on there, the, the big thing for Dundee United is one of your relegation rivals winning, especially at St Johnson, you know, where we didn't give him a chance. Um, yeah. We'll come on to that, but I, I think that the important thing for the United is that they start picking up some sort of results. You know, your home games are crucial, and as I was saying, you know, there was there was very little atmosphere inside, and you really need the fans to get to get behind uh, Pataline and the players. When Pataline came out, he got a really good reception, but I honestly don't think I heard, well, I heard very little singing from the United, and even the Hearts fans were flat as well. But I thought it was strange the way they put the Hearts fans in, because you'd think usually they'd try and fill the shed first, yeah. and then pack out to make it look good in television, mm. but it was kind of, the shed was empty Aye, with Hearts fans, I and know. then I think they had a bit round in the main stand, because you expected, I think, I think they tend, I think... Other than Celtic, Aye. I think they do tend to put them. Well, Aber- the Aberdeen and Dundee, Aye. Aberdeen and Dundee both get the shed. Do they? Yeah. Right. Well, any time I've been, Aye. I've always known to be. Aye, but that the point, I, the point I'm making: Celtic Rangers, Aberdeen, Dundee would all get the big bet, and I think Hearts would be the next biggest away support. But I think on a Sunday, though, at the time of the game, there's also a reason why they do it. I'm trying to think. It's probably police. Just it's probably just for the the view, for the fans yeah. as well, possibly a better view in that stand. Hmm. No, Maybe. that goes into another argument. I don't want to get into. I sometimes think we should be making the game look better for fans and television to increase or to kind of make the atmosphere seem but better than it is. Maybe, maybe that's given a false impression. I don't know, but I think that's what some of the other leagues down south do really well. They make the game look better by filling. Cause, I mean, you look at some of the games down south. And they'll even, like, I remember watching a playoff game a few years ago and they even commented on some of the empty seats at Wembley and gave an excuse for them. You just wouldn't get that in Scotland. And I sometimes think, again, going into a whole other debate that we, we undersell our game a wee bit and we should give it a bit more credit. Um, the Hearts team that won at the weekend, we'll back to winning ways. Any any player stand out for you there? I'm thinking probably Danny Swanson playing against his former club. Good to see him back playing. I thought it was a terrific signing when they got him. I know for a fact St. Johnson were close to signing him. But uh, Hearts getting him this year it looks a terrific piece of business, and he played well yesterday. I thought I thought Swanson was good. Um, he's got a wee bit of fire in his belly. Uh, someone who'll have a go at defenders. I think I thought Nicholson was again decent. Um, he'll be a cracking player if he keeps developing the way he is. Um, that Hearts team in general is pre- pretty solid. Pretty solid foundation they've got going. Uh, again, you know you look at. That whole back kind of five, um, solid. I mean, I think they are. They are, a, in my opinion, they're a top three team, um, and I think that's credit to them because you forget that Hearts have, of course, just come up, so they were a special case as such. But I mean, credit to them. Robbie Nielsen's worked wonders there for it to be his first club 
Um, I don't know if it's the kind of first club effect that appears to be happening in Scotland these days. Yeah, with, the system. with Martin Canning, Robbie Nielsen, and uh, Jim McIntyre. Oh no, sorry, that's not Jim McIntyre's first club. I'm talking rubbish. But Alex Neil and folk like that last yeah, year. Exactly. I think um, it hurts as well the whole system behind them with Levine and things yeah. like that. It's obviously and the youth policy. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah. I think yesterday was always the first time we started to see a bit of the hearts rolled come back out. Yeah, you commented that earlier to me privately. Do you want to just expand on that a wee bit? Well, I just think. You know, the, the cramp and the different kind of tactics. It was very much how I remembered how I remembered Hearts. Um, the Burley team, you mean? Well, no, I would, I would go back. Well, then it was actually whenever I remember Nielsen and, and that playing for Hearts. There was just always this, yeah, that, that era, yeah, there was there was always... Um, Maybury. I, I don't mean antics, but, uh, you know... Dramatising things. Yes, everything was a wee bit bigger than it than ah. it actually was, and that was what that was leading to yesterday. Uh, and it's not surprising, really. It's the first time, though, probably that Nielsen's had to use that sort of tactic um, when he's been a manager because they've gone to places and dominated and not had to hold on for ones really that much <laughs> before. Um, I'm not saying anything wrong with it because all teams do it. Uh, I just thought it was interesting. That's the first time you've really seen it. Um, with, with kind of hearts under that kind of journey we're used to this kind of fast pace where yesterday it was all slowing it down and making that last section of the game go um, as quickly but as slowly as possible if you get what I mean Yeah The game next week for Dundee United is at Celtic Park on Sunday that of course because of Celtic Europa League game can any of you think why that game on Sunday is strange why it is a first for some reason Celtic. Think of the managers Patalainen, first time foreign two, two, managers. Two, 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 Norwegian. Two. No, it's not one. No, they're not no. Norwegian, are they? Scandinavian. Like, first Scandinavian. time two Scandinavian managers have ever met in the top flight of Scottish football. I suppose it would be for the whole of Scottish football as well. I can't think of why it would happen in lower leagues either. So that's that'll be interesting next week, I suppose. Which is quite strange. I think that had happened before. but uh, That's quite a good wee fact, actually. Mm, it is. Did you put that one out yourself? It's not my own, yeah. It's, no. it's maybe somewhere in front of me. Uh, uh, right. Aye. <laughs> Let's move to the part that you, Partick Thistle fans, have probably skimmed through the first half an hour or so just to listen to this bit to give me personally some abuse. A few weeks ago, I tipped Partick for the, the lowest points tally in the history of the top flight. Lower than Gretna, I thought. 23, I think, Gretna got that season. And... Um, as happened with Hamilton and Ross County earlier in the season, Partick have decided that they're now world beaters and they've won the last two games. Athena went over Dundee United last time. was kind of all right. It was a good win, but we weren't getting too carried away because we know the state of Dundee United. However, guys, a 2-1 win at McDermott Park is a result to be proud of. I'm thinking Alan Archibald actually maybe used the podcast in the, before the game in the dressing room <laughs> to get him up for it. What photos of me in the dressing room? Yeah, dark, 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 um, no, credit to them, 100%. Um, Alan Archibald's actually the longest serving manager now in the, the SPL. Is he? Aye. Mm. So, quite interesting. He didn't jump at me as well when I was thinking about it, but fair enough. Um, so, yeah, I think two absolutely cracking goals. Cracking goals. Um, I think that yeah. they really showed Gary Miller, I mean... I've never seen him do anything like that. He's not a goal scorer anyway. Um, so against his old club, he saved that one. I mean, he doesn't score many, but yeah. that was. Yeah, what, what goal was best, guys? I'd still go with Miller's. I think. Yeah, 
Although I thought the second one was a cracker as well. Yeah, they were both great. I think the technique was better for Mills because the ball's coming towards him. It makes yeah. it a bit harder to get power on, if that makes sense, mm. whereas the other one just kind of loops away. But I thought I thought Mills was an absolute screamer. You yeah. saw from the reaction to the Partick players that they're certainly not going down without a fight. And it looks as if, I mean, they're now they're no longer the bottom team in the league. They've had a terrific couple of results. Where do we think, in similar ways to Aberdeen, have gone back the way? Where do we think Partick have improved, Callum? Um. I think they've just kind of hit a wee bit of a, a stride, if you like. I mean, I think every team throughout the season, unless you're talking about them, obviously you did um, talk about them being as bad as a team like Gretna, then I think every team's going to go through a patch where they will get results. Um, and it's just about how they build on them. And I think Partick are, are right in the middle of that just now. And they've picked a, a cracking time to do it with how Dundee United have been um, underperforming. Um, I think it's just a case that there's a lot of... I mean, I know a lot of people say it's a it's a it's a dead contest. You know, Celtic are going to win the win the league, which in some cases might be true. But I think throughout the league, it just shows that a lot of unexpected things do happen. And I don't think a couple of weeks ago we we could have seen this from Partick Thistle. Yeah, standout players for Partick Thistle, of course, Gary Miller. He, he scored that that wonderful goal in his return to McDermott Park, and he also made a a vital block later on. I think on McLean late on to. To get Partick that win, so he was probably the man of the match. St Johnson, I mean Stephen McLean, is that his ninth goal of the season? Now you've got your hand up, Connor. What is it? No, just before, just in case you're about to be watching our game there, a point that struck me as soon as I sat down to sports scene last night and the St Johnson game came on. We spent about ten or fifteen minutes on Friday talking about how we improve attendances. Right, and we spoke very highly of this fantastic offer at St Johnston, yeah. and what a dire crowd, considering. I mean, what was the attendance? I don't it know the attendance, but the, 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 the to, to put it into context, have you seen the game? The ticket offer was for the stand behind the goals. It was three thousand four hundred and fourteen. Mm. Attendances this week, actually, while we talk about them, because we are a bit obsessed by them on on the podcast. They weren't great in the top flight, really, but you look at the teams that were playing, you get 3,500 for that game, you get Ross County, Aberdeen, you get 5,500, Motherwell Celtic, actually, the round number of 8,888. Eight, eight, eight. I saw that. Kilmarnock beat Inverness, uh, just over, just over 3,000 at Rugby Park, Hamilton game, just under 3,000, and Dundee United game, get 7,500, so... It's, it's interesting, even if you look at the Championship, though, I mean, there was more, there was bigger attendances... I mean, I know there's bigger teams in many ways, but, I mean, even look at it, you've got, well, it was probably 45,000 at Ibrox, it would have been yep. 10,000-ish at Easter Road. The Falkirk attendance was higher than all of them. What were you? We were just under just under four. Right. 3,946. St Mirren game at Amundville had 1,200. But, um, yeah, it's... I think it's just one of those strange weekends. Not, mm. It'd be interesting to know if there's ever been a weekend before where we haven't reached a crowd of 10,000 in the top flight. I mean, we're not for talking the game down, but it's, it's, I know it's just the way things have worked. Obviously, the three big teams, Hearts, Aberdeen and Celtic, that get t- over 10,000 every week, we're all away. But it's, it's it's interesting to look at and think that not one game in our top flight could get 10,000 or more. It must have last year when Hearts were out of it as well. Uh, surely we did. It must have been a weekend when Celtic and Aberdeen were both away. Probably. Hmm. Probably. Yeah. Sorry, um, no. Sorry. I, I just thought that was interesting to look at. Uh, I mean, I don't read too much into it because I actually actually thought a couple of the crowds were actually not too. I, I don't think seven and a half thousand on a Sunday morning's too bad. I know we spoke well, about it a minute ago. New manager though, 
well, when have fans coming out? You can look at it both ways, or you can look at it one way as the team's not playing well. That's why the new managers and also Hearts well, aren't playing well either. It is also, really. sorry, slap really. bang in the middle of the month as well. So, and pay. pay. I know, but. Yeah, but I don't. I don't. I don't know. I mean, I, I thought a couple of them were okay. Um, no, it was just that that offer from St Johnston. Yeah, I was looking, but it's because it was specifically that stand behind the goals. I was looking at it. Did I missed this. What was the offer? Uh, an adult and two children for oh, fifteen pounds. Talked about that last. Aye. Yeah. And the 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 Ormond stand. No, uh, aye, we talked about that last week. Mm, interesting. That's a, a good offer, but it, I don't know. I mean, I just think St Johnston have never had a great. No, they, they will. Fan base. I mean, if you take that team, I would say almost to anywhere else in the country, where the, some of the European games have had and the yeah. success have had. European the, games they did well, though. They were getting like six and 7,000 for European but where games. Where those fans now? I think, I think you get a lot of fans, sorry to use this phrase, to the diehards and Johnson fans. I'm sure they'll probably agree, though. You do get kind of glory hunters who will go to the, the, the European games, you know. When they had the Scottish, Scottish Cup, Cup run, yeah. I think it's a case of I've said it before, the kind of season ticket culture dying out a wee bit. People are going to pick and choose their games. Um, you always have that hardcore fan base that will go, that will buy their season tickets, and will be there week upon week. But then you'll have the other sort of percentage of fans that you know there's there'll be other things they need to spend money on, family, kids, you know, Aye. other things they enjoy doing at the weekend do you know what I mean and for them and this is no disrespect to Partick Thistle but to go out and then and despite the offer to spend money to go and watch St Johnson Partick Thistle it just that money could then be saved for them to maybe get to, to win St Johnson to play Hearts or Aberdeen or Celtic or something mm-hmm. like that and it kind of for, for a lot of people I think football now is just part of is just one of a few things that they could be doing with their time and it's, it, it equates to just how they want to spend their money and how they how they see fit and what they see see as value for money. Really, I think. Yep. So Partick off the foot of the table where they were before actually, but they're now four points. They've got a bit of a cushion on Dundee United. Just noticing Dundee United still to win a game at home this season. Just one win this season, and uh, St Johnson are seventh in the league, so just outside the top six. However, a team that is playing well and starting to maybe prove the doubters wrong a wee bit Kilmarnock another victory for them um, I mean they had a poor start to the season but you're starting to just see signs of, of the team improving a good victory over an Inverness team that up until the weekend we were we were saying are getting there and they're improving themselves I think Inverness they're one of these sides who are they're, they're hot and cold this season, you know. They went and, they went and beat County, which was very impressive, um, considering the form County were in. Kelly, you know, they've got some key players in there. Josh McGuinness is having his week, the week of his life. Um, I think they touched on that in sports scene last night. Real Roy, they're over stuff with the weekend, the week he's had, um, qualifying with Ireland and then scoring the goal yesterday. Um, so, you know, fair play to him because he's, I've touched on this so many times, but he was. Rotten at something, absolutely rotten. Um, and he's for some reason he's turned it on at Kelly. Um, but you know, Kelly, I think Gary Locke deserves a wee bit of credit. You know, he's been under a lot of stick. Um, I saw Jamie McDonald in the papers today saying he was desperate for Kelly to hold out for that clean sheet. 20, because 20, 22, 22 games, yeah, 22 games. Connor, do you know the last time Jamie McDonald himself got a clean sheet? Uh, 
I think close so, to home. Big game. Important game. Been. Was it against Rangers? No. So no, it was it not a game we drew 0-0? No, I no, it was the cup it's semi-final the against oh, Hibs. That was the last time Ray McDonald had a, a clean sheet. That was away back in April. He an absolute blind on that game as well, didn't he? Yeah, so he was saying that... Um, I don't know how quite how he got a clean sheet that day because I think Hibs rattled the bar about three times. No, it was a um, not to go over old ground though. He said that a consolation goal for Inverness late on would have made the game feel like a defeat. Not quite sure that would have been the case. Really, I think he's more saying that for effect. But it would have been a win nonetheless for Kelly oh, as it was. Aye, for keepers though. Aye, but I mean, the first time you ask a, a striker how did it feel to score today or are you disappointed not to score and he goes, no, it's all about the team result. That's that's what keepers will be like as well. Let's be honest. Mm, yeah, I think there's it's different for a keeper, especially when there's been that pressure and not having a clean sheet for so long. And the fact there's nobody, there isn't another position in the park that, uh, keep, that does your job. You yeah, know what I mean? Like, I don't think so. But purely, even uh, specifically to Jamie McDonald at Kilmarnock because he has been very, very highly spoke of so far this season. I mean, in many ways, he's been said well. Uh, you've not kept a clean sheet, but the scores would have been a lot, lot higher had it not been for him. So I do side there kind of with Hamish in the fact that I don't think it was going to be... At the end of the day, I've only ever heard, generally speaking, keepers say, we're in it as a team, we're here to win a game. And if they win the game, that's the most important Would Jamie McDonald rather draw 0-0 than win 2-1? Oh, don't well, give obviously not. not. not well, that's the question I'm, I'm asked. I'm, <laughs> that's the I'm question not, I'm asking. I'm not doubting that... No, you're, you're completely getting no, the gist no, of this no, wrong. I think we're making too much out yeah. of an offhand comment. Exactly. Yeah, to be honest. Exactly. You're, you're looking into this far too much. No, I'm not. I'm just asking you. What, what, do you think he'd rather win? Obviously. Of, of course. Right, because... He, he has acknowledged... He, he knows it's a team effort, but he's just saying from his point of view... The, the you you think it would have felt him. like a defeat if they scored in the last couple of minutes? No, but the reporter might have asked him, in your opinion, you know, did it feel like a defeat? And then, of course, he's going to give more his opinion than the team's opinion you know obviously it's going to affect him more than what it's going to affect the rest of the team if I they mean, concede in the just last if minute. you're speaking at a very basic level which is the only level I've played at football unsurprisingly um, when you have a bad game but your team wins you're still delighted that you've won but you're yeah. disappointed in your own performance and there's things that you eva- you evaluate that you could go I could have done better here, here and here and if, so, you're, if your team win and you miss a sitter yeah. You'll be happier teams won, but equally you'll be a bit yeah. disappointed you missed the setup, I mean, I've, so. I've 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 played in teams that we've won games and I've played rubbish, which is a lot, but played rubbish and still felt kind of terrible that the way he played. Still happy for the team, but you're still disappointed in yourself. Mm. And it's probably just something like that from his point of view. Josh McGuinness impressing for Kilmarnock on Saturday. Other players, I mean, the likes of uh, Stevie Smith playing in a, a bit more forward role. He was playing in front of the defence as a holding midfielder, which was interesting. Greg Kilty with another goal for Kelly took it very well after some good build-up play. And um, there are there are real signs that, that Gary Locke's side are improving. Connor? Yeah, I think, I mean, they've got, the, in my opinion, they always had the players there. Um and now they're going to turn that around. I mean, a win against Inverness is very, very credible. Um, and I think that they'll take a lot of confidence from that. At home as well gives that a bit of a boost. Um, because obviously we know, having spoke to Callum, that you know things aren't great um, with the fans. But it's a, it's a win, it's three points. And that, that essentially is what Guy Locke is here to do. Now, we can go about playing nice football and I know there's issues there. I might be as blunt to say it, but I mean, if my manager keeps getting results and we keep getting three points, 
generally, I, I'll take it. You know, and I think that it, 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 you would, but as we've talked about before, it runs a lot deeper. I think the dissatisfaction at Kilmarnock, and especially from obviously we know Calm and he's voiced his opinions about that very clearly. It's a lot deeper than that. He's not unhappy with, not to speak for him, he's unhappy with Locke as a manager. But I think it's just the club as a whole he's more dissatisfied with, rather than just. I think it all comes back to chairman. Aye, Johnson. Yeah. Um, I think. I mean. I said I can relate to that a lot, so I completely understand where he's coming from. So, what were our thoughts on the kits used in Saturday's game? Well, actually, I was I was looking at that. Mm. Um, it did strike me as a wee bit of a of a clash. Uh, Hi, it looked like a wee bit in the telly with the the blue and the. I think it's because Callie's away kit is white, and Kelly's more white than blue. But even so, you could have put Kelly in their black. Surely, Callie have a training kit or something. Surely. Aye. One of the registration or rules I'm missing They wore out. arms last year, didn't they? So surely that's still kicking about somewhere. The, I think there's rules and stuff that you can't, maybe sponsors well, or What's the away kit this year? Is it the black? black. It's the black, black. one. The whole, they the they could have worn that. Strange, wasn't it? Because it wasn't even their proper kit. They had like they always had the white shorts on because Kelly had the blue shorts on. Aye. It was a strange one. It's kind of weird. It's like when you see uh, Man City and Chelsea play each other and they're both wearing like the blue. I know it's different shades, but it's still... It's Sparky mm. says put both teams in their away kit. Mm. I think Kelly fans would probably be raging about that. Nah, but it happens. It happens quite. I'd be well, raging quite often. But I'd be raging if. Think about your team though. You'd be raging if your team wore your away kit at home. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I really you wouldn't. wouldn't. I don't really no. care. I would. No. I would. No. Really? It's just stuff the two kit men have to discuss and get. Mm. I mean, they've obviously looked at it and felt. I mean, I don't even think. Um, I mean, I know on the day the, the referees and that come in and. And, and say and obviously try and point it out, but I'd I'd think the discussions beforehand are just generally the two cut men just say yeah. ah, we're we're nice, we're we're like I think I think kit. it's different that um, you know from the rest point of view you know being on the pitch you'll notice the difference the different colour shorts on um, yeah. so that's that's probably the main thing but being up close and personal to it I think it would have been all right but from the distance of the TV camera it did look like a bit of a clash I yeah. No, just personally speaking, I'm quite a traditionalist. I remember uh, when Celtic had their 125th anniversary kit they wore against Hearts ones. It was the white one with blue, eh, sorry, black, blue, black eh, shorts and green socks, green and black socks, and it was it just wasn't didn't feel right for me. But that's just that's just in my opinion, each to their own. Uh, the final game we've not touched on in the the Premiership is the the game I was at New Douglas Park. It was a one all draw between Hamilton and Dundee. First half was pretty pretty uneventful. Very little happened. A couple of, of snapshots. Uh, Hamilton could have had the ball in the net early on through Lucas Taglia Pietra, who nice first time I've seen him since pre season, and he's come on leaps and bounds since then. He's he's really really top player. Uh, the Brazilian centre half, the uh, left winger who I'd never heard of for Dundee, Ricardo Calder, Aston Villa. He's on loan from teenager. He had a good shot early on that guy as well. Booted. Uh, Aye, was, was it no, it wasn't. It was a uh, Conrad, I think. Was oh, was it not? It? I think it was Thomas Conrad. Was I could it? be wrong. Uh, I could be wrong. Yeah, it was. Sorry, it was Danny McKinnon kicked to- Thomas Conrad. No, no kind of doubts there. That was about as oh, solid a red card you ever see. Probably, think, probably got banned for that, won't he? Yeah. Oh, I without a doubt. Uh, violent conduct. So, I think. I mean, they said that he played juniors. Um, <laughs> I picked him straight up for Clyde Bank. But, Aye, 
but I mean, we've had our opinions on uh, on McKinnon before. I think Lewis labelled him a Ned uh, not so long ago. Maybe not on air though. So uh, well, you've just but, stuck him in it now. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Apologies, Lewis, if you're <laughs> listening. Lewis getting a threatening letter. Yeah, uh, Reece Healy as well, good player for for Dun uh, for Dundee. The visitors. Um, he had a, a kind of snapshot as well in the first half. Second half, Dundee scored early on with. But two minutes into the second half and it was I've got to get this right Kevin Holt not Jason Holt as I was mm. corrected earlier on but to be fair Jason Holt scored as well at the weekend so I suppose to a certain extent I was right uh, Kevin Holt with a deflected shot in beating McGovern but Hamilton seemed once they went down to 10 men they seemed to fight back and Dougie Emery I mean have you guys seen the goal I mean a terrific goal yeah. really really well worked goal probably as I mean, if it wasn't for the two goals that uh, Partick scored, probably as good a goal as I've seen at the weekend in terms was, of teamwork. What was that celebration all about when they going over to Dundee's well, bench? He, 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 ran, he ran the length of the pitch, right. effectively, and at first, from first viewing right in front of me, I, I assumed it was to the fans, right. but there's clearly something. But right. it was also after it, I don't know, Dundee assistant. Um, Dundee assistant goes to... I don't know even know what player it was for Hamilton. I think it might have been... Could be doing him a disservice here, but I think it was Ziggy Gordon, and he's he's raging about something, and Hartley's telling him to calm down and stuff. But ironic, but I, I think the celebration. I'd love to know the meaning behind it, Dougie Emery. Oh, Dougie Emery, uh, he's just he's one. Of, he has a wind up merchant. It was saying this morning. Nice I can put it. He regretted it right away. Ah, actually, mm. did straight. I, I, I didn't think it did much harm. Really, it wasn't, it wasn't like he was doing a James McLean. Oh um, God. <laughs> I think, I mean, the game from itself, the game really, I mean, I think Lewis spoke about it last week, about the whole going back to the, when they had the championship battle alongside Falkirk a couple of years ago, going for the, the, the championship title, and um, there was there was a real feeling of that, real fans don't like each other, Hamilton and Dundee, and I wasn't expecting that at all, they've got a real thing going against each other, um, what you muttering, Connor? It just doesn't, that was the game, um, there was massive crowd trouble at that. Right. I wasn't aware of that. The game got stopped um, because in that corner between the two, there was fighting. There was really? all sorts. I think they were on the pitch at one point. Really? Like, uh, there was a big, big problems that game. Aggro. The championship. Mm. Aggro. There was uh, there was uh, there was no one near as severe as that on on uh, Saturday, but there was definitely tension between the between the two sets of fans and players as well as it transpired in the second half. A question I asked on Twitter, is that a good point for Dundee in the end? Two ways to look at it. I think when you look at the form Hamilton have been on, I would say it's it's not a bad point. You know, if you've got if you've got I I mean I think if you're aiming for top six, you, it's a it's another rival, if you like, for that top six position. And I'm I'm sure it's a point that probably suits both sides. Um, Hamilton I don't, would I don't know that won. Paul Hartley would quite agree with that in the after maybe now actually, no, but right but in the aftermath of the game. I don't think it's a bad result for Dundee at all. I mean, going to Hamilton and getting a point, you know, they've they've put in a lot of good performances, Hamilton, especially at home. So I think that Paul Hartley, you know, he might not show it, but I think he'll be deep down quite happy with that. Yeah, I mean, he was he was so frustrated. Dundee just, it's the first time I've seen them this season, they didn't seem capable of, of grinding out a win. They just gave the ball away against 10 men so often in that second half and they just they were punished for it at the end I mean you can see Hamilton had the ball in twice in the net yeah. once from the impressive Carlton Morris and also from Taglia Pietra as well and uh, they were um, you could just tell Hamilton were going to score and it was almost just a, a, kind of a sigh from the Hamilton support when the goal went in mm. late on 
Yeah. Anything else to add from that game in terms of how those teams are getting on this season? Both, 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 both impressive. Will they, will they be playing four times this season, those two, in the league? Uh, well, you, you maybe fear a wee bit for them being now, possibly. It's bizarre. I still think, I know it sounds really weird, but I still think there's more chance of Hamilton dropping out of top six than Dundee. I don't know. Hamilton just seem to be doing it for me. I think Hamilton might get top six. Hmm. Let's not go with your predictions, but after Thistle. <laughs> uh, I have a feeling if Hamilton keep Cannon, they might be okay, but then again, uh, I don't it's think so Hamilton, tough. I don't think Cannon will leave. No, I don't think he's going anywhere. No. No. But are they not doing just as well as yeah. they were last season? And yeah. Neil, Neil was headhunted for Norwich, so surely Cannon's got to be on the list. But I actually think a lot of Alex Neil's success and probably a bit to do with why he got the job down south came from turning around that playoff game as well I think obviously he done a great job when he was up but I think um, quite a big part of that was the turnaround and the playoff and putting out Hibs um, especially they were 2-0 down from the first leg weren't they mm-hmm. yeah. yeah that's so a terrific that, comeback I mean, I remember at the time I didn't even watch the game the second leg I thought it was dead I watched it out of hope more than expectation they scored early well, through I, Jason to be Scotland fair, I think I went ho- when I heard the score I put it on, you know, and I thought oh, there could be something happening here, but um, he's done really well. I think Norwich is quite a unique club and probably a good fit for Alex Neil. I think there's not many clubs, I think, that would that would take that sort of risk. I think Norwich are slightly out of the box and, and slightly um, would, would think more that way, whereas with the number of kind of half-decent managers, I mean, even look at it, you could say, I mean, say, I don't know, and this is a massive, but I mean, you've got likes of good experienced managers down there that are out of jobs. Even look at I mean, David Moyes' rumours, but I'm going back to England. That's the sort of style that most clubs would go for instead of an unknown entity from Scotland. Well, when when Neil was first approached, you know, approached the jobs and rumours were rife about it, I mean, there were, there were Norwich players phoning up one of the journalists, um... In Scotland asking him for information about Alex Neil because he just didn't know anything about him which is you know you can kind of understand um, so I mean we're obviously not touching much in English football but it's it paid off with their, their results last season hmm. Well a year ago for Hamilton they were sitting top of the pile after just beating Aberdeen 3-0 and you remember that one hmm. uh, Terrific win Friday night was it not? It was a Friday night oh, game. So, it was three oh, They absolutely thumped Aberdeen. Aye. It was it was excellent. Um, yeah, so big winners and losers from the Premiership this week. Partick well, are probably biggest losers. Probably Partick biggest winners. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I'd agree with that. That was easy. Moving down to the Championship, we've got this big game on Tuesday night at the Falkirk Stadium between Falkirk and Hibs. Both teams warmed up for that game with victories, although. Falkirks didn't look very likely until the last minute, Connor. No, it did not. Um, started very, very well um, and probably could have been in front. Saying that, Morton hit the underside of the bar in the first half as well. So it was fairly even, I would say, though definitely Falkirk were the better side in the first half. Second half, we were a lot slower to react to things. We weren't quick on the ball. And I think we, in many ways, encouraged Morton forward. Um I think more so it was our downfall um, and then obviously in the last minute the one time we go forward with pace and 
but Craig Sibble too was man of the match on Saturday. Um, you get him on the ball going forward, lovely kind of disguised pass into Lee Miller, first touch, and, and he finishes very, very well. And that's a massive, massive goal um, for us. And going into kind of Tuesday, it's vital that, that we got that win because it sets us really on, on the goal with Hibs. Whoever wins the game on Tuesday night takes second place. Um, Hibs themselves were four two win over Dumbarton. Did we, you see the goals there, Malonga's with a, a terrific yeah. Malonga's goal was terrific. Great yeah. strike from him. Fraser Fivey back from injury. He had a he had a great game apparently as well. And um he he's back from a hamstring injury. He believes that the game on Tuesday could really put the pressure on Rangers actually if, if Hibs beat Falkirk. I, I don't think so personally. I don't think so either. There's still a wee while to go for that yet. All it would do is set down a, a marker as, as, as such in terms of them staking where we are the second best team be tough for us no doubt I think that we're hitting them at probably the worst time to play them they've got a number of players just come back from injury um, but last season we showed we can contain them and shown that we can beat them um, and I think at the Falkirk Stadium we'll not go in fearing anybody. Um, it'll be a good game. I think it'll be an open game and it'll be nice to see because I'm so used to teams turning up and sitting with men behind the ball and just trying to defend and making it very difficult for us to get through. It'll be nice to see a right open game, which I think it will be. To be fair to Morton, first half we did it quite well. It was it was end-to-end. Um, when it comes second half, it was very flat. Um, this, uh, is this the first meeting since the semi-final? No, no, they met last no. day of the season. Did they? Yeah, Hibs beat us last day of the season. That must pain you. No, <laughs> so beat them another four times. So, That's true. Um, but certainly going into the game, I think it'll be great. I think it'll be a really, really good game, um, and one that you know you just think. I, I know the reasons why. Obviously, European night, and but uh, crying out. I mean, under the floodlights, a bit. Fairly decent crowd there, and two teams really in a, in a right battle. That to me would be perfect to have on on, on television. Um, but yeah, not, so if you're yeah. in the area, get yourself along. <laughs> yeah, no, we would say that. I mean, I think as games go in Scottish football, we talk up a lot of games as as our job. We feel, but that game, I don't think you need a lot to talk up. I think if you are in that Fife area, surely, wink, uh, I'd get along to that game because that um, that could be a. I think it'll be a real cracker as you say both teams will be coming out to play because both want to win that game big time and I think there'll be a good crowd there'll be a good atmosphere and it's under the lights which always adds to it as well so I'd say as I say if you're, if you're in that, that Falkirk area get along to that match I thought BBC Hubble would try and cover that now well they can't show any more games at Falkirk Stadium <laughs> you wonder why they're like choosing was that game originally down to be broadcast because it was obviously moved for the no, first international no it, wasn't. it was down for the September because internationals mm, strange I mean you think you just sometimes wonder why are you not going for that kind of game yeah Aye, instead of game. I mean instead of your your Falkirk Dumbarton Falkirk Queen in the South on a Friday night no disrespect the second game could potentially be quite lively between Falkirk and Queen in the South but it'll come nowhere near Habs. hopefully what we're going to get tomorrow night. <laughs> it's yeah. not hope for a nil-nil. No, it'll be good. A couple of us are going along to it, so I think I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. I think that'll be terrific. Uh, Rangers, though, are in a league of their own in that league. They're another 10th win in a row came on Saturday, but they were made to work for it. They went behind to Derek Lyle, another thing that we called. We did well last week, didn't we? We called a lot of what happened at the weekend. We said Derek Lyle would score 
and he did. He always uh, scores against Rangers. It's really annoying. Yeah, I think those are the exact words you said last week, yeah. and then he did. And um, I should have, I should have put a double in County and Derek Oil into that. I was yeah. both my calls. I don't know how the rest of our bets got going, did they? Because I think our one was Celtic to win to nil, which came up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, Lewis did predict a six 0 win. Yeah, that, so I, I really hope none of our listeners paid why, attention. Why do you think he's not on the podcast? Today? <laughs> <laughs> banished, banished. But uh, in terms of the Rangers' victory, a late goal from Martin Waghorn, a good header after he'd obviously missed the penalty. That was a good save, actually, for the penalty. Yeah, from Thompson. And uh, signs that Rangers fight till the end, and that must be very pleasing for you to see. Yeah, I mean, I was speaking to one of our friends throughout the game like through the text, and he was asking kind of what was happening. And the way it went was we dominated the game Queen of South scored with their first chance, which came from a corner. Um, just kind of poor defending at a corner again. Set pieces defending. I think we need to work on that a wee bit. Um, but we dominated the game. We just couldn't really create any um, clear-cut chances. And that's credit to Queen of South. I mean, they did restrict us in the final third. Um, but I think it just showed the, the quality a little bit. Um, we, As I say, we did, we did dominate the game, I felt, uh, in terms of keeping possession, moving the ball. Um, Wycorn didn't have his best day, um, and I think his celebration when he scored showed that he was he was delighted that he did get the goal. Um, but just I mean just just happy again to keep keep the consistency going. I think what the one thing I, I do have full faith in Warburton is the fact that if we play like that, he'll demand better of them, and and hopefully we get a, a response against St Mirren on, on Sunday. Um, a game I'm actually quite looking forward to, but. No, just really happy. Really happy as well. Danny Wilson was out injured and Dominic Ball came in and was so comfortable. Absolutely delighted. Man of the match for me. I thought he was really, really good. Right. Well, you wonder, another question I asked on Saturday after the Rangers match, uh, A, has there possibly been a, a drop in performance levels over the last week and or is it because B, that teams, I'm thinking of Dumbarton, Falkirk, Queen of the South, and I know you come in and say we've scored seven goals against those three teams, which is fair enough, but are those the kind of teams that are starting to just get a wee catch on Rangers and just make it a wee bit harder? I think what it is is teams are, are realising how to play against us and we are now starting to, to 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 try and see how we can switch it up a wee bit against what, teams. What's the myth then? How do you play against Rangers? How How is... I mean, I, I think we're susceptible to counter-attacks. I think if you've got a quick player like a Halloran, um did with St Johnston, you know... We are, you know, we can be caught there, but I think that's being addressed in the fact that John Eustace is going to come in, um, and I think he. It will be interesting to see how Warburton actually switches that about because I don't think Halliday should be dropped at all. Um, he's not a sitting midfielder; he's he's doing his best in there. He's still playing well, but it's clear he's not a, a central midfielder, and he bombs on as well when we attack. So you're really kind of leaving the centre halves, obviously with the with the full backs pushing on, just to kind of by themselves uh, at times. So I think Eustace will come in and sit and that will leave us a lot more solid in there which maybe then we'll make th- we'll make teams think again about trying to soak up pressure and hit us in the counter attack I think the way to play against Rangers I think probably Falkirk did it best at times was just to come at us I would agree I think uh, I'm sure Connor would make that point you know, I'd agree with that if you were to make it you know I think the best way to, is to is to come at us I think we're working on it though and we're becoming a lot more solid at the back um, and I think think we are improving I just think as you were saying there I don't think it's been a, a lull in performances we're not playing maybe as good but I don't think that's necessarily because the players have just dropped off I just don't, I just think it's difficult when you come out, out of the blocks as quick as Rangers did you know beating Hibs like that um, and some of the earlier earlier performances it's difficult to, to 
to sustain that. Um, and I think we will now start to counter how teams have worked out to play against us and it, it'll actually be really interesting to see. I'm looking forward to seeing how we now progress and, and evolve as a team throughout the season. Connor's leaving us again. Where are you off to tonight? Rugby Park for... Just to sit in the stands or is there anything yeah, just, I just, 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 just <laughs> Stare at the, the grass. The, the, the stadium off. It's a development league. Uh, Kilmarnock versus Falkirk. Surprise, surprise. Oh yeah, while we're on the, the topic of grass last week, I was apparently um, very... Uh, I didn't cover Where's myself in. I didn't. <laughs> I didn't cover myself in glory when when speaking about the astroturf. Apparently, I'm told by a a contact I have that uh, deals with that kind of stuff that uh, astroturf is actually harder to maintain than grass, which I wasn't sure about. But um, mm. I don't know why you're looking at Connor, but it's uh, it's uh, just thought I'd clarify that for any grass or astroturf lovers out, out there. And Partick Thistle fans. Yes, groundsman and party Thistle fans. There's a, there's a title for this week <laughs> anyway, sorted. Uh, so, Connor, we will wish you well and we hope you enjoy tonight and also tomorrow night for the big one at the Falkirk Stadium. We'll see you soon. Well, hopefully I do enjoy myself with, with two ones. That's the key. Two ones. I'll be happy. <laughs> and on that, Connor part departs that bombshell. We're coming to you though, Ross, because your team won a game. Hip Hip Hooray, St Mirren are now world beaters as world well. Beaters, yep. Two St Mirren and Partick world beaters. Two wins in a row. Stevie Mallon with the only goal at Ammonvale. And I think we kind of called this a wee bit. Yeah, well, I mean, I wasn't wanting to commit to anything, but I think uh, Stevie Mallon's been the difference for us this season. Uh, scored two against Infermaline, uh, scored a cracker. Uh, by all accounts against Levy I've not actually seen it but I've, well I saw it from behind the goal one of those go pro cam things um, right but ah, I've seen it from behind the goal online but uh, no it looked like a cracking strike um, apparently we weren't apparently we struggled for a lot of the game I think Levy had a couple of good chances he missed a penalty as well hit the post of a penalty um, so that was after four minutes so I mean there was obviously a bit of worry there but I'm not going to be too negative, you know. It's another, it's a win, a good win as well. You know, we we talked up Hibs when they went there and won. Yeah, um, exactly. So I think we've got to take positives from that. Yeah, um, for all the the dire talk at the start of the season of how poor your start had been, the important thing for St Mirren fans to know is you are sitting ahead of Morton. Yes, and you do have a game in hand, and we're sitting mid table as well. So you're sitting sixth in the league, yeah, and you've not is, won a game a at few, home yet. Yeah, I know there is a few teams who are on ten points. I think um, you've got St Mirren, you've got Morton, you've got Dumbarton. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, what fourth place gets in the playoff? Falkirk are currently there, all right, they're in eighteen. But yeah. you've got do uh, you've got like a game in hand on Queen of the South, who are only four points ahead of you, who are only, as I say, a, a game in hand away. Yeah, it's not unattainable, but I think it shows you how poor. Our start was from Queen of the South, who've been who've been pretty bad recently. Um, are only four points ahead, but I mean, no, I'm going to talk us up a wee bit for a change. You know, take take a bit of joy out of this uh, these last couple of games. No, it's good. Um, I think you know, to it's it's grinding out a result, which is something we've not really been able to do. We've we've lost so many goals after being ahead. You know, it happened against Alloa. We were one 0 up and conceded a goal late, kind of latish on. Um, so. Got to be, got to be positive. Looking ahead to the game against Rangers on uh, Sunday. I mean, it's going to be, it's going to be very tough. There's no doubt. I think you'll give us a good game. You yeah. give us a good game at Ibrox. I don't see why they won't again. I think honest. the problem for us is the home form. I think that's, it's, you know, it's actually been a problem for ages because it was a problem under Tommy Craig and Gary Teal. It was a problem under Daniel Lennon. It was even a problem going back to Gus McPherson. Yeah. 
you know, there was there was guys talking about there was guys in some pages um, talking about how Danny Lennon, you know, should have been sacked earlier. They were saying some some were claiming, and then there was a whole. I think it was a total of like sixty-seven replies it got to just right. people debating it. Um, so, and that was much down to his home form. Um, so. It's been a problem for a while ever since we moved to the new stadium. I don't know if it's a, a curse of New St Man Park. It's those changing rooms are too nice to the away fans. I mean, are the away players? Sorry, we've spoken about the, uh, or we know that they're they're maybe looking to get a couple of wee a couple of wee surprises in that. Uh, well, they've put away in the black. Room. I think they've put in the black wall, <sighs> darkening the opponents yeah, out. A wee, a wee really, flickery light. It's not really done done anything. Well, clearly not. We <laughs> get a couple of scary pictures up for Halloween and Sunday. Just Stephen yeah. Thompson. Aye, true. <laughs> uh, Wraith Rovers were the second team in the championship. They won yet again, and it seems like seems like this podcast is just it just praises Wraith Rovers, Hamilton, and Ross County every week because those three teams are just playing out their skin at the moment. Um, I mean, probably in in isolation, beating Aloe at Recreation Park isn't probably a massive, massive win. But when you when you look at how they're doing, yeah, is it a result that they got last season? You know. I, I actually don't know how they got on last season at Alva, but yeah. you know it's it's a result of a, a a top six side, I think, and I think that's where Wraith will stay this season. Oh, hundred percent. I mean, I know that was an away win on on a Saturday, but they've actually won all five of their home games, which I I didn't know that. I mean, you're looking at it now every team in the championship, I believe, has played all the other teams. Mm-hmm. So at that stage, yeah. you have to stop well, saying it's just a good start and saying this is where they kind of belong to be. And Hibs, I think Hibs and Falkirk is the final game, obviously, tomorrow. Yeah, yeah but I mean, you've, you've got to realise as well, I mean, Ray McKinnon's only come in there and he's done a cracking job. Um, I'm sure there were a, a few fans who weren't sure what they are going to get, but I think he's he's come in there, he's really set the header alight a phrase I've now used twice in this podcast I've just realised that as I said <laughs> it um, but no he's he's been in he's done a great job um, and he deserves a lot of credit and potentially you know they could make a strive towards that, that fourth place potentially you never know I don't see why not I mm. think and Connor this is a bit harsh given he's just left but Connor I think is one of the people that really overestimates how difficult a league the championship is I think mm. it is a tough league to an extent but I think if you're consistent enough and you've got the form, things happen in that league and, and you can do well and I think Wraith Rovers are, are showing that this season. Hmm. So yeah, Rangers top that league, still with maximum points, race second as we say, Hibs and Falkirk make up the final two places to get into the playoffs. At the moment those two play each other on Tuesday as we've already talked about. League One has a new leader and it's Dunfermline Athletic, they're back to the top where many say they will finish this season and that's courtesy of a 3-0 win away to Stranraer. On Saturday evening, the live televised game on BBC Alba. Um, Michael Moffat with a wee goal there. Antoine Curie scored as well as Richards Everton. God, Antoine Not sure Curie. either. But uh, good win for Dunfermline. We thought that would be kind of tricky for them there. Yeah, I think Connor said if one team did... You know, if I think he was comparing Forfa in yeah. uh, the air sorry, in Dunfermline and saying yeah. if one team had one result, the other would have... The same. Yeah. Um, United 2-0 down at half time, fought back to get a 2-0 draw and that's, I mean, it's probably not a not a great result for Ayr but I mean, it's much better now that the fact, I mean, if you compared it to being 2-0 up and drawn 2-0, it wouldn't be a good result but probably now that they've got that 2-0 draw, they'll look at that as a point gained. Yeah, it's not an easy place to go, Recreation Park, you know, um, so I think it, 
Station uh, park even. Oh, Jesus, aye. All your parks and your know, corner parks and everything. <laughs> uh, so Dunfermline are one point clear at the top of Air United. Elsewhere, Airdrie continued their good form. They beat Brecon 1-0 in front of a crowd of just over 700 people. We tipped Airdrie for that as well. We done well this week, by the way. Except the big tip was uh, St. Johnson, home to Partick. And was that, did we put that on the page? Yeah. So oh, Jesus. Some areas we know about football, some areas we don't. I just, I'll stop doing it, see... What we'll do is one of you can do it. I'll go for it. I'll go for it. Last week, I had a good week last. Yeah, just there. We'll talk about it on Friday then, and we'll see. No worries. Uh, Albion Rovers with a one 0 win over Peterhead, and the final game a thriller. Cowdenbeath two, Stenhouse Muir two. Stenhouse Muir with a last minute goal after in fact two two yeah two goals in the last five minutes. Colin McMenamin get one of them. Cowdenbeath. I mean, they must be wondering quite what has happened. That should have been a win over Stenhouse Muir, a win that would have moved them. Correct me if I'm wrong, I think it would have moved them just ahead of Stenhouse Moon, or sorry, just behind, but it would definitely moved them ahead of Peterhead. Yeah, it's quite impressive. I think that league's so unpredictable, you know, you, you don't really know what you're going to get. Um, it'll be it'll be tight to the wire uh, at both ends, I'm sure. So time will tell what, what happens there, but I think, what, just to jump in, what you're saying about Cowden Beath I just think they're an absolutely dire football team at the moment oh dear I thought there's no Cowden Beath fans out there jeez oh mate well everyone else seems to have fans that don't like them so I might as well start who, ah. I, I, I've got Partick who dislikes Connor Connor's got Rangers Loudon Tavern, Connor, Loudon Tavern. I'm, I'm, I'm quite I'm quite fair to to Martin so I don't see I'm sure did Lewis not get abuse probably Lewis point. just gets abuse for everyone and he just loves it he craves on the He's abuse I think Lewis man. So if you get any abuse towards Burst Ball, vent it towards Lewis Kemp. He doesn't, even, doesn't even have Twitter, so he can't even like, do <laughs> no, it on Twitter. So. He needs to get up at the times, doesn't he? Aye, uh, Lewis Kemp. Poor Lewis. Aye. He's just recently got onto Snapchat, to be fair. That's, a, that's a big development. They were down at the juniors on Saturday, apparently. We're going off topic big time here. But, but are we still Scottish football. Yes, it is. So Troon, Troon against Irvine Meadowland. What was the score? 8-0 to Troon. 8-0. Irvine had a player sent off in the first 10 minutes, so I was being told. Still quite surprised. That's a nice wee local derby, isn't it? Mm. Do you get hundreds of Ayrshire derbies? Ayrshire I suppose. Anyway. But I mean, that that is just, what, 10 minutes in the train, Irvin yes. to, to Troon. So, I mean, I'll be interested to know how many fans the old the old Irvin boys had down at Troon. I think mm. Lewis in his article this week is going to include something about junior attendances or something like that. He yeah. He said, anyway. Yeah. So keep an eye out for that one. You'll get your, your fix of, of big attendances with the big teams in the country and you also get your junior football to look forward oh, to. They are, they are well supported as well, the juniors, when you think of it, you know. Mm. Likes of them and Clyde Bank as well. They I've always spent some time well. at Linlithgow Rose and they've yeah. had, I mean, some of their crowds are kind of on a par. For a big game, they'll be on a par with League One teams. Really? I mean, I mean, some of the League One attendances there, when you look at them, there was 349 people yeah. at the Cowden Beath game. I mean, I guarantee... Oh, that uh, there'd be a bigger attendance in the the uh, juniors if we can oh, manage 100%. to. I mean, teams like Cowan and Rangers, Talbot and things like that are all well supported. I take a team of Rangers and then they didn't To be fair, I do have a friend that plays for Cowan and Rangers. So. All right. Well, League Two and an Athletic going along strong. Another victory for them. Like, what's going on with Annan? They seem to just win every week. Is that just me that gets that? Just Annan just win every week. Well, maybe you should put that as one of the tips then. <laughs> right, whoever Annan are playing this week, Annan Athletic will win this week. So, in fact, Annan so will win. Annan are going to win the Scottish Cup. I think they will. <laughs> Terrific win for them, though. Queen. No, but in all honesty, Queens Park were third in the league beforehand, and Annan have now 
opened up a five-point gap on Queen's Park. East Fife have got 17 points, just three behind Annan. They were held to a 1-0 draw at Shieldfield against Berwick Rangers. Um, Arbroath starting to starting to win games. 3-1 for them at home to Montrose. Montrose still in the playoff positions, though. Re- Montrose have really shocked after this year, I think. You know? I, right. I don't understand how they're there because every week I look they seem to lose but they're still in the playoff <laughs> position. They had a great start, they did have a brilliant they've start. Terrific home record, they've won four out of their first, uh, four out of the five home games which is outstanding form. Uh, a game I want to pick up on is Clyde now Sterling won. Yeah. Clyde are now seventh in the league, six points off the pace which isn't a hell of a lot. Another but one of your tips. Yeah, well Clyde, I mean... <laughs> you should just give up mate, I mean... Hand up in the air, Clyde will still win League 2 this season. I said, to be fair, Aye. to be fair, I'm not a million miles away. I said at the start of the season, Celtic would win the Premiership, Rangers would win the Championship, Dunfermline would win League 1, and Clyde would win League 2. I still think that'll come up. Hmm. But I mean, Clyde, it's a game I saw, the reverse game of I saw, and it's actually the reverse scoreline from what I saw. Clyde beat Sterling Albion 1 0 away from home on the first day of the season, but they lost uh, on Saturday. At Broadwood against uh, Sterling Albion, a terrific win for them. Um, and I could be wrong, Sterling Albion, yeah, Sterling Albion did it with 10 men as well, which makes it even more of a feat. I don't know when the red card was, if it was late on or what, but maybe that's a uh, not really fair to kind of to put that on Clyde as well. But I mean, a terrific win for them there. And Hip Hip Bure, East Sterling won a match. They beat Elgin 2 0, but they're still bottom, so. Jesus, can we insult anyone else on here, man? East Stirling, Cowdenbeath, Partick Thistle. Partick Thistle. We, no. I, would, I would like to say to all three teams, I apologise for my my Sook. my companions. Sook. No, we've been good to Partick Thistle this week. Partick have been getting our credit. I mean, Partick... Brilliant side. In all, in all honesty, though, they shocked me big time for that weekend. Yeah. I mean, I did not expect them. I thought it was nailed on. I thought good if wins Celtic them against went them. there and won... Oh. You, any team exactly. went there I mean exactly. St. Johnson beat Aberdeen 5-1 a couple of weeks ago and now Partick have gone and beat them mm. crazy one Tommy Wright for the sack <laughs> God, don't, don't say stuff like that folk will take it seriously no, we'll no. get mail for St. Yeah, fans no. um, so that, that rounds up the the weekend's action do any have anything else that took your fancy from the weekend anything you want to comment on any any grievances you have oh, what, about, <laughs> what, about, uh, what about the steward falling at, at Motherwell did you see that? Hamilton. No, what was it? Oh, well, there, there was two. There, right, was there, two. Was, there was one I saw live with my own very eyes, Aye. naked eyes. Aye, at, uh, the female fall. At uh, New Douglas Park. With the, naked eyes as opposed yeah, to... Closed <laughs> eyes. She was um, she was carrying off... Ooh, who was it again? Oh, oh cause I can't mind that. <laughs> woman behind me going absolutely crazy at the guy. And uh, the wee kids chanting uh, cheat, cheat, cheat as the players carried off the pitch on a stretcher. <laughs> it was brilliant. Um, but yeah, she, the woman fell and she got... Uh, I think she actually looked hurt herself a bit. I know, even Paul Hartley saw the funny side. I think it was a kind of it was a tense game, but it was a nice moment between the two sets of players and fans where they all just well, laughed at, at the poor woman's expense. Happened at Motherwell as well and... Uh, I think there was there was like tape in the pitch or something from the Celtic fans who'd yeah. thrown stuff on. And the, Celtic and Motherwell fans. Aye, sorry. And the wee the wee the wee steward came on, they slipped and the wee verge just went up. Aye, I did see that I as well. Actually. The replay, I was buckled, man. Brilliant, absolutely brilliant. So what's going on in the Lanarkshire soil then that's making folks slip? I don't know. The highlight of uh, our weekend, Hamish, was that uh, experience on the train back from Glasgow. 
Shout oh, out yeah. to, what was his name? Johnny. Johnny, aye, Johnny made, from Ibrooks. Yeah, it made Damage feel very uncomfortable with yeah. <laughs> some of the stuff oh, he was no, coming out with in the tune. I bet Johnny's a keen listener. But he was, um, so. he was he was out for the night after Rangers' famous victory at home against Queen of the South. Fair play to Johnny. The, the epitome of uh, all the your dad jokes you see on Twitter. That <laughs> was Johnny. So it was it was a terrific weekend though, f- on and off the pitch, I suppose. We're going to touch in Celtic. In terms of Thursday night, we touched on it a wee bit earlier. Do you want to give us a wee prediction? Um, well, I, I wrote them off for for going to Amsterdam. Uh, is an Ajax win, so I th- I actually thought this would be one of the hardest games um, of this group stage because I thought that Fenerbahce. How am I hipster? Explain well, that. Well, me. sorry, Molder top of the group. Yeah, know, it was, exactly. It was just a bit of light-hearted. All right, banter. banter. Yeah. Just banter. <laughs> um, no, I think Molder. They're obviously a decent side. Yeah. Um, and I think it will be tough. I don't think a point's a bad result, as we touched on before. It'll be interesting to see how Celtic set up. Do they go there for the point? It's an interesting one. I think Celtic will win 2 0 on Thursday night. Really? Yes. I on what basis? I think Celtic are a better team than Molda. No, well, no, well I, I'll, I I'll be on here. I'll be sitting in this very chair on Friday. Feel free to ridicule me if Celtic don't. I think Celtic will win on Thursday night. I, I think they'll make it a hat trick of draws. Yep. Draw, draw for me. One each. So and the, I think that's a good result. So the consensus is they won't lose. Well, nah. well, you two have said draw, so yeah. they won't lose. <laughs> no, I know that makes sense, but I, I wouldn't rule out a loss. I'm nah. going to sit in the fence. But I'll, we're talking I'll up, we're talking up the Scottish game, so I'll go for the, I'll go for the draw. Draw. <laughs> talking up the Scottish game with a draw. Yeah. Against a Norwegian team. <laughs> a Norwegian team top of the group. Yeah, Ronnie Dyla's first return to his homeland. It oh, won't be on. easy at all. Uh, but as I say, I think Celtic will win. And we'll end on that note because we're positive. It's been a positive week for most teams. Well... A few teams. All of our teams. Yeah. We'll All of our teams week. and Partick Thistle. Well and done, Partick well Thistle. Done, I want Partick to end Thistle. the podcast saying a very well done to Partick Thistle because we have ridiculed you since the start of the season. We've said you're not good enough for the top league. We've said, I've well, said record. You said. No, you not right. Don't, don't throw me into this, boys. I said record points, Tally, but you guys weren't exactly leaping to their defence. I think, no. to be fair, Lewis was the only one who was. Fair play, Partick Thistle. Um, terrific win for you. Well done. But let's see how you go on next week. We'll see you on Friday. Bye.